Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. on the things we say yes and we're live on facebook and on instagram we think and on instagram but nobody that comments on instagram is going to get their comment read because no. it's behind me and yeah. they can't see it if you're if you're watching this on instagram go to facebook go to facebook live because you'll actually be able to communicate with us and interact with us a little bit we got a chat going on so yeah how you doing i'm doing great yeah I'm a little tired. It's okay. Time changed. Helped me catch up a little bit. Yeah. Why, Although, are, you, why are you tired? Give us some context. Uh, was on a youth group retreat all weekend with high schoolers. Which means you didn't sleep. Yeah. When we broke out a couple cases of pop at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, I knew we were in for it. So <laughs> it's okay. But it's, it's all good. Sometimes all you good. arm your enemy <laughs> just to see what the fight is like. <laughs> Oh, that's too true. Also wearing my Space Force t-shirt. Yes. Because I enjoy saying the word Space yeah, Force. Yeah, I really need to get one of those. Yeah. I really want to find one that's somewhat a Star Trek theme versus, like, of course, I do like the NASA vibe of that. That's pretty logo. darn cool. Yes. So, I don't know. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very retro. But anyway, welcome to the studio. We've never actually given you this angle before because usually we have used this computer to record uh, on Facebook Live. But I figured, so this doesn't crash... Uh, we're using my laptop to do Facebook Live so that we can get you a good view of everything that goes on. But this is how we sit across from each other every single week. We recorded like three podcasts maybe upstairs in the kitchen. Uh, that did not last long. The ones where we sounded really nervous. Yeah, and, and there was some buzzing and yeah. technical issues. But we've fixed those since then. Uh, it's true. But here we are. Here we are. So, yeah, what is this? Episode 42? Probably 42. 42 or My 43. My stupid Galaxy phone has stopped updating our podcast. And uh-huh. I go into Google Play Music on mine, and I'm subscribed and everything, and it's still stuck on, like, episode 39. It hasn't shown me anything since then. <laughs> the sooner I get out of Android and back into the bright the land of the living that is Apple, the better. So... All right, so I'm going to tell you guys, you need to start giving us topics on the Facebook Live feed so that we have something to talk about tonight because we did not come all that prepared. We are, we are, entirely, we yeah. are entirely unarmed. It's been a while since we did a Facebook Live. It's been a while since we got live on any platform and gave you guys a chance to give us feedback on what we have been doing or spark ideas for new topics or just talk about something that you care about instead of what we care about. Um, and we'd love to do that because you guys are awesome. So if you have anything that you want us to talk about, get your hot takes, get your uh, crazy yeah. comments and get ready to roll. I have a hard time believing that nobody has commented since then. And I'm missing comments. If you're on Facebook live, get, Oh, it might do the thing where you have to scroll it. Hey, can you reach up there and scroll it? Scroll no, not. It's not a touch screen. You got to use the thing. Yeah. 
Click over on the... There they are. Sometimes they do that. I don't know why. We'll have to check it every once in a while. How did you make your intro? Great question. Oh. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Well, well, first of all, before we do that, I would like to do my did you know. Because okay. I, 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 for, I for, forgoed, for, forgated. I forfeited. That's what I'm looking for. My right to do it last week because I wanted to actually get something in front of me and I wasn't quite prepared. Okay. Did you know that there was a novel written 14 years before the Titanic set sail that recounted what happened to the Titanic in almost exact detail what in a novel 14 years ahead of 14 time 14 years ahead of time so let me let me tell you a little bit about this oh this is too close to halloween this to is too close to- like, <laughs> i'm glad you didn't do this last week we're week. on the other side of it but here's here's the 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 name of the uh book was called The Wreck of the Titan. So it was called Titan was the name of the ship. No. So here are some of the similarities. Similar names of the ship. Both were described as the largest craft afloat and the greatest of the works of men. The Titan was 800 feet long, displacing 75,000 tons. And the Titanic was 882 feet long, displacing 76,000 tons, or I'm sorry, 46,000 tons. Um, so the the ship in the book was bigger. Yeah, which was which was uh, the seventy five thousand uh, tons was bumped up from forty five thousand tons in the eighteen ninety eight version of it. So there was a secondary release where they made the book uh, the ship bigger. In this book, the ship is described as unsinkable. It had triple screw pro- uh, propellers. It had a shortage of lifeboats. The Titan carried as few as law allowed, which was twenty four lifeboats. Uh, which would carry less than half of her total complement of 3,000. The Titanic in real life carried only 16 uh, lifeboats, which did the same thing. Both of them struck an iceberg. The Titan moving at 25 knots struck an iceberg on the starboard side on the night of April in the North Atlantic, 400 nautical miles from uh, Newfoundland. The night of April? Yeah. On a night of April. A night, uh, a not night that in night. April. The Titanic, moving at 22 and a half knots, struck an iceberg on the starboard side on the night of April 14th, 1912, in the North Atlantic, 400 nautical miles from Newfoundland. Uh, sinking. Titan sank, and the majority of her 2,500 passengers and crew died. Only 13 survived. Titanic sank, and 100, I'm sorry, 1,523 of her 2,022, I'm sorry, 2,200 passengers and crew uh, died. 750 survived. Um, after the Titanic sinking, some people credited, uh, credited this guy uh, who wrote the book uh, as being a clairvoyant and that he knew because, of course, spiritualism was a big thing at the time. But he said he had knew nothing about, like he had no forethought. It was just simply something he plotted in his mind. But the, the similarities are mind-blowing, and especially when you get into your conspiracy theory about it being a intentional sinking yeah. And that it basically exactly mirrors what happens in this book is kind of horrifying. But yeah, the the Wreck of the Titan is an actual book, and it was written 14 years before the Titanic sank, and yet basically described the sinking of the Titanic. So that's a, that's a pretty cool and crazy thing. So that is my did you know uh, for this week. Trenton says that Space Force sounds like something Strong Bad came up with. <laughs> <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. I love it. The, the space force of strong Badia. I can totally see also, it. Also, all you guys on Instagram Live are going to be way <clears throat> behind in the comment stream because yeah. we cannot physically see it from yeah, where we're it's sitting. It's tiny. It's so, so tiny. Come on over to Facebook Live if you want yeah. to comment. But all right. So the first question we had was, how did we make our intro? 
Yeah. That was that was correct. Who asked that question? Buddy. Okay, buddy. Here you go. Here's how we made our intro. This I, is not a shout out to Jacob. This is specifically <laughs> a shout out to Buddy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I literally sat down here and I thought, what would be good intro music for the things we say? And we had already cut multiple versions of us reading through um, our intro, the uh, the the written part of our intro. Yeah. Uh, you had read it. I had read it. Then we read every other line. I put a bunch of these together where I had a, a bunch of options to cut and splice from. And, and um, well, coming up with the script of it, like we had talked yeah. around the idea of the things we say and trying to condense it down and get a script for it. So the one night I finally had a script written up. We, we parsed it a little bit and then we did the, we did the readings where I did a full one, you did a full one yeah. and then every other line. And then we did some also like, uh, where I would read the full one and you would give the ending. Yeah. And then you would read the full one. I would give the ending just to kind of like, these are the things we say. Anyway, go ahead. But yeah, so, so we had that. And then, sorry, my wife is actually texting me because she won't be able to tune in. So she wanted to get a request in of something for us to talk about. Um, because she's my wife, I'll allow that. Uh, <laughs> so then after we got that together, I was like, okay, we got to have some intro music under this. So I literally grabbed a bass, grabbed a guitar, and used one of the preset uh, drum loops that was in GarageBand. And in a couple of hours, I created the, the intro music that you hear. So it's, it's an original piece, I guess, if you want to call it that. An original I mean, little vignette. I the beat track, but other than yeah. that, it was all but, from yeah, your guitar. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was just me sitting down, throwing a couple of chords down, playing a little bass line underneath it, and uh, we ended up with the intro we have. So it was a pretty simple process, um, but kind of cool that we have the ability to do all of that stuff. So, yeah, intro was, uh, was a combination of creative uh, effort on Sheldon's part and on my part, uh, both in our respective fields. As we had gone down the trail of what songs we would use for an intro yes. for a little while, and getting into licensing and all that stuff was kind of a no man's land of legality. Like I think you and could money. probably get away with it if yeah, you were a smaller podcast. Yeah, but and and whether or not the artist cared if you use their stuff right. was a big thing. Right, but we just figured we could have used some like public domain jangly Nickelodeon music from back in the day, but. That would have been terrible. No. So that was what we did. We 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 chose to we chose to go ahead and do a uh, do an original an original bit for that. Wow. Yes. Nate literally played all the instruments that you hear in our intro, except um, for the drums. Except for the drums, because they were fake. And hi, Ellie. Ellie is a wonderful uh, listener. Love her a lot. Um, <laughs> she's also like four, I think. <laughs> um, so, uh, what was the oh? Kevin wanted to know our election predictions since the first Tuesday of November is coming right, up this week. Right, it is. Week. It is. Uh, so you want to go first? I think mathematically it's going to be really tough for the Democrats to take the Senate. They're defending way too many seats yes. in the U.S. Senate for that to actually swing. Yeah. So I think the Republicans keep the Senate. And what we've been hearing from all political punditry is that the House goes to the Democrats. I don't know that I totally buy it. Yeah. I and if if it does, <clears throat> it starts a trail of events that doesn't end well for anyone. Oh my goodness, there is a Oh yeah, I see it. A bug there that see? I will have to leave the room. There, yeah. That is a thousand legger. If that thing I, I runs, I'm I gone. It. I got it. Oh my No, I'm not even going to look. Oh it's my god, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's dead. It's dead. It's gone. Oh, I can't so even that's... look at it. Okay, so I usually have a deal. This is one of those little house centipedes with all the many, many legs that are exceedingly fast. And I usually have <clears throat> an agreement with those things that I will leave them alone if they're in my basement. But if they show up in my living space upstairs, it's fine, Sheldon. It's okay. There are no other ones in here, I promise. I would see them if they were Kayla. here. We're good clean this room. Oh, it's like, not about fumigate this It's not thing. about cleaning. The, those things just exist. If they, Nate's they just letting are. them live down here, they're going to multiply. They're going to take they're, over. They're, they're going to kill us all. No, they're getting rid of all the spiders and all the other things they that I don't want spiders. down here. They're not they're worse spiders. Than spiders. Anyway, so I'm glad everybody got to see that freak out. Oh. That was very entertaining. Uh, so what were we actually talking about before you just spat? Our election me? predictions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that the Republicans are going to gain seats in the Senate. Uh, I don't think the Democrats have a chance of gaining any uh, gaining any ground in the Senate. Red state Democrats defending seats, which yeah. is yeah. tough to do. And I honestly don't think the House goes to the Democrats either. And my only reason being is that the last thing that the Democrats should have done was make this midterm election about Trump about his agenda. What they should have done is come out and set themselves up as, here's what we are for, here's what we want to see, here's who we want to be. I think yeah. they could have had a successful message there. But instead, it's been about stopping Trump and about you know, various things from impeaching him to just stopping his agenda. The, and the problem is, the party is of- that has made people who are Trump supporters who don't care about midterm elections, really, really fired up and now want to go vote because they see it as a vote for Trump, which midterms normally are not. They're just a referendum on how things are going. So I think the combination of that and the fact that economically and, you know, geopolitically, like things are going really well for us now, I have a hard time believing that there are enough people who are and here's, here's my thinking. Let me, let me actually, besides just giving you my pontification on it, from what I've seen, when they are polling just people in general, okay, yeah. it usually is sw- swinging to the Democrats. Okay. When they are polling likely voters, it's swinging towards the Republican. So usually the likely voter polls are more accurate. Um, again, we'll see. It's entirely possible, but I just have a hard time because of the way – uh, that the Democrats have conducted their campaigning, uh, that they they have taken a tack that has made it about Trump, and when you have made it about Trump at this point, it fires up a base that normally wouldn't even vote in midterm elections. Being the party of no has its advantages. The yeah. Tea Party movement did very well just being a party of no. Uh, yeah. Or like, we've had enough. That yeah. kind of thing is... We're is, not gonna take That's it. right. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, there. There is a certain momentum that you can get out of being the party of no, but eventually you have to tell people who you are and what you stand for, yeah. or like the the and something has to be going badly. Go something has to be going badly. Like like yeah. when when there were there were things that very much sharply divided the country in terms of policy when uh, Democrats ended up losing uh, House and the Senate uh, when President Obama was in office. Um, Right now, so much of what's dividing people is rhetoric and, uh, I don't know, yeah, very little of it has to do with policy at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it's, it's going to be interesting. I've never really seen anything like what we're heading into in terms of 
all of the dynamics that are at play. But I think I think the Republicans gain in the Senate and keep the House. There you go. That's what You're I think. on the record. Yep. I'm not quite going to go the whole way with the House. I think it could go either way. I'm not entirely sure because I haven't looked at the math of the House. I just yeah. have seen the math in the Senate and don't yeah. think that it favors right. the Democrats. Right. Plus, I haven't heard a good, consistent message from <clears> them <throat> as far as anything, who they are and what they exactly. stand for. Exactly. So, so, yeah. 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 Anyway, so, yeah, that's that. That was a little lengthier than we'll typically do Ooh. these, but there you go. All right. Ding. Yeah, there was the bell. I missed the bell. I know. It was so much better. Um, Next topic. Who's got the next topic? There was... Okay, how about your election predictions? Kathy is saying that uh, some of the people... (laughs) Some of the people planning the demise of the Titanic read that book and got their (laughs) conspiracy ideas from that. It's possible. (laughs) It's very possible. (laughs) They figured out a whole insurance scam based on a novel. And I completely had forgotten about that story, except I was listening to a great podcast that I listened to called uh, The Cabinet of Curiosities. A little shout out to Aaron Menke and all the things that he does. He's awesome. Uh, But... (laughs) He talked about it, but described it as if he was describing the Titanic. And then at the end said, and the thing that's curious about this is, this is not the ship you think it is. And I knew it as he was saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And so I played it for my wife, and she was shocked, which was enjoyable for me. Yeah. But all right, what else we got? Since I can't see that from all here. Right. Our viewers need to uh, give us a topic here Yeah, we need quick. another what topic. See if we're, yep, we're where we're at. Okay. I got, I got a go. couple that my wife sent me. Sure, go ahead. Okay. And there was a couple that were on Twitter, but I don't have my phone because it's recording Instagram well, I Live. Can, I can check Twitter. So my wife texted me and said, discuss the m- worst movie you've ever seen. Easy. Uh, because of acting or plot. No, the worst movie known to mankind. And if you don't believe me, sit down and subject yourself to it. Okay. It's called Evolution. Okay. And it's something oh, with aliens in it. Yeah. And you defeat them in the end. I'll ruin it all for you because it's this horrible. You defeat them with head and shoulders. I love that movie. Are you? I loved it because it was intentionally. I am almost no, ready to wait, curse wait, wait right a minute, now. That is unbelievable. But it, was, but it was an intentionally like spoof movie. Like it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. It was incredibly awful. But see, you're not really a sci-fi guy. And so I could see how you wouldn't like that. But I thought it was great. If it was spoof, it was so on the nose, it wasn't even close to comedy. <laughs> like, how American do you have to be? Like, how? <laughs> Again, it, okay. wasn't, it wasn't the best movie in the it. world. It's but not like, British what? humor with the good double entendres. And, like, <laughs> there's, there's ulterior no, motives to, to what's be, going on. To and they lead fair, you down a trail. To be but fair, this led to head and to shoulders. Be, to be fair, I was never so mad at a reveal in my life. Dude. No. To be fair, though, I have not seen that movie in a really, really long time. And so it could... Did you think it was funny the first time you watched it? Yeah. But I was like I was like 16 or 17 when I, I saw was it first too. time. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I was legitimately angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, because we, we got it. We're like, oh, this is going to be funny. Like, we went into it thinking it was going to be funny. It was and funny. And it just got worse and worse But again, worse. You, that, was, that was to a specific, like, science fiction demographic. Like, you had to be just I a general... I love Spaceballs right off the bat. But that's... But that is... 
It's genuinely funny. But that is a whole different realm of they literally spoof everything in Spaceballs. And plus, the cast is... They put the guy from the X-Files in that movie, didn't yeah. they? But again, appealing to the sci-fis. But uh. here's, the, here's the thing, too. I think you're, you're partial to sci-fi as well because Rick Moranis is Canadian. And so you had this solidarity thing that was happening there as well. But it's Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is a Mel genius. Mel Brooks is hilarious. Mel Brooks is a genius. By far. But, yeah, and we could get in trouble with talking about Mel Brooks movies. But anyway, the worst movie I have ever seen. Um, gosh. <laughs> See, I'm automatically going to Hallmark movies because they're just so darn predictable and I always know what's going to happen, and they, they hold no mystery, wonder, or entertainment for me anymore other than making people mad by calling the shots. But there was a movie, and I don't even remember. It was so bad, I don't even remember the name of it. But it was, some, it was something like Step Up. I don't think it was one of the Step Up movies. But it was like somebody a saw that they made Step Up, and they're like, hey, we can do one of those too. And my biggest memory about it was there was this girl beautiful girl who could not act and not only could she not act she was supposed to be playing a girl from the ghetto who said all of her lines like a white girl so like there was a scene where this one dude was really angry and he was he was mad about something i don't even remember what because it was so trivial and ridiculous and she comes up to this other guy I was like, oh, what's wrong? And he, she literally says, I will remember it till the day I die. She literally says, your boy is totally tripping. And I'm like, no. Tripping? Just tripping. With and, a, a G on yes, the end. But it was literally exactly the inflection. Everything that I just said is exactly how she said it. And it was just so bad. And I thought, whose niece or daughter is this that she's allowed to be on screen for this film? I don't even remember if it was a good movie or not because she was so bad. So, again, I don't know what that movie was, but it was, it was, it, it was ruined. Ruined by that. Just completely and utterly ruined. Um, I would say that possibly, too, The Last Jedi might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, too, in reflection. When I saw it initially, I thought it was great. Yeah. And the more I lived with it after I left, I'm like, that was awful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I've basically almost written off anything coming from Star Wars uh, now. I'll give the third movie a chance. But I, yeah, the story arc it took bad. a weird nose It was dive. bad. It was yeah. bad. So many chances to have good things happen, and they ruined it. Yeah, but I'm bitter about that, so I don't know if it was the worst movie. There were other reasons that I found. All right, it as we're talking about these, feel free to give us another comment on yeah. here as far as topics. There's a few other stuff coming in, but uh, as far as All comments, right. you I, guys, I had you guys one. Are, uh, I had one more here from my wife. Should we do that one, or did somebody have something? That's fine. Okay. I thought there was uh, check Twitter then after that okay. while while we're going on it. And also, what is the most disgusting candy bar you have ever tasted? Butterfingers. Hands down, I find Butterfingers revolting. Everything about them is a disappointment. It doesn't actually have peanut butter. It's crunchy instead of soft to the point of being hard. Like, I've nearly broken teeth on a Butterfinger because I have tried them multiple times to see if it was because just me. Because your teeth stick together and then they come apart as you pull it apart. It's just an awful... It's literally like they took the worst elements of other candy bars once they're stale and said, let's put all this crap in here and make it its own candy bar. I'm convinced that it's mostly the leftovers, like the rejected parts 
of other candy bars. And that's where Butterfingers have come from. And the funny thing is, my wife loves Butterfingers. I like Butterfingers. I remember the Bart Simpson and, commercials with them. Those were great. And I like when they get stirred into like a... Do you like them in like a, a blizzard type thing? No. Not at all? No. It ruins the ice cream. The flavor? It just ruins the ice cream. But then you don't have the experience of what you're talking I, about. I with just it. don't I just don't like Butterfingers. They're awful. They're the worst candy bar. Okay, what is the one that's like coconut and it's small and it's got like is there like an almond on it? The almond joys? Yeah. I love those. Is there a coconut in there? Yeah. Oh man. Those are one of my two I favorite. I avoid them like the plague. Those are one of my two favorite like, candy bars. I'm like, oh, candy, 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 <laughs> grandma candy, uh, candy, candy, candy. Grandma candy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my word. Let me see. I'm trying to get on Twitter here. Trying. Have you ever been in a fist fight? Yes. There we go. Yes. Have you ever been in a fist fight? Yes. Were you mad at the other person? No. Well, kind of. <laughs> Okay, so here it is. And, and I don't know that you could call it a fist fight straight up because we were young enough that it wasn't fists. It was lots of pushing and, like, kicking legs out from under people. But when I was in first grade, yeah, there was this one kid that we had in our class that was a little on the overweight side, had hearing aids, had a speech impediment, and he was, like, the butt of several people's jokes throughout the school okay. year. And I remember I saw once, and I was not a big kid, like I was a small kid, but I saw this group of kids out just picking on him, pushing him around to the point where like you could see he was about to start crying. And so I went barreling in and just kind of threw my tiny, probably 85 pound body at the time into this group of kids um, and ended up getting somewhat pummeled along with this kid. Uh, I remember my, my one tooth that was loose. Somebody somehow got their hand inside my mouth and nearly ripped that tooth out. It was really floppy and awkward. Um, and I got a, my clothing ripped a little bit. Uh, but it was still in that era where teachers didn't necessarily directly interfere with something like this as yeah. long as it broke up quick enough. So that was the closest to a straight-up fist fight that I ever got in, and it was at a very young age. Um, but I was mostly just not around enough people that would have wanted to fight me. Uh, yeah. So that was it. That was my, that was my fight experience. Your wife is over on Instagram live ranting about Butterfingers. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. read it. But I but will gladly I buy them for you anytime. The bottom just says you're wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, was not in a fist. Okay. What you guys need to understand about fist fights is they are not like clean. There are no rules. If you get into a yeah. fight with another guy and there's legitimately a beef like yeah. what you have, this is not a clean thing. It's very yeah. ugly. There's maybe two or three decent punches thrown and everything else is dirty and like rolling around and elbows and knees and stuff flying. So uh, mine was in like ninth grade. Yeah, because I was still in football and I'd switch schools and I was trying to, you know, fit in somewhere yeah. wherever I could fit in and getting picked on, pushed down, pushed out. There was a specific guy that came at me. He was on the football team and he would always pick on me. Yeah. And he was in my gym class and he would pick on me. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm done with this. <laughs> and I'm like, if you if you come back tomorrow and you have me like he had me up against the locker where I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Like if you if you try and choke me tomorrow, it's on, and like because I didn't feel like I'd get in a fight because I didn't want to go to the principal's right, house or anything like that. 
So the next day, of course, he's feeling skippy, and he <laughs> grabs me and puts me up against the locker. I can't breathe. I lifted him almost off the ground by kicking him in the nuts, and then we went at it. <laughs> oh, the forbidden <laughs> zone strike. square in the jewels and then just started throwing punches. <laughs> and, and, like, he was... He was mostly defending himself. Yeah, and did he ever? From the word go, did he ever come and after you again? I had him. I had him in a choke like this, with where his head was under my arm. He bit me in my side right here, so hard just to let me go, get him to let him go. That <laughs> that was the end of the fight. Did like, he leave you alone after that? Yeah, we were decent friends the rest of the time. <laughs> the rest of my high school experience, I never had a problem with. That's him. funny. Like we were, we were legit okay, and I think our last freshman football game he picked a pass off and i was in front of him blocking and we took it back pretty far and yeah. like turned around and headbutted each other and I, we've been cool ever since <laughs> like no i'd imagine i'd imagine if i'd actually gone to a public high school well a high school at all i probably would have gotten into at least one fight probably would have gotten into at least one kevin just had the best comment but not nobody gets joy from an almond joy oh i do <laughs> and i like mounds even better Dark chocolate. See, that's no what almond. I thought they were called. Mounds. No, mounds have no almond. They're dark chocolate and coconut. And they're oh, awesome. Ugh. Yeah, Jeez. I love them. My 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 buddy's my more intimidated by yeah, me now. My <laughs> my candy bar hierarchy is uh, is Twix at the very top, Kit Kat, and then Almond Joy and Mounds. You and your cookie candies. I they're just good. I like them. But I'm more of a hard candy guy anyway. That's my thing. Okay, I don't know what Steph means by goats or sheep. Goats or sheep? Our sheep died today. Oh, that's sad. Our sheep, They're both incredibly stupid animals. No, our sheep was our friend for the horse. Like, the horse is a companion, oh, yeah. companion type animal, yeah, so we do, got a sheep for why the do, horse. Why do horses need... Need like I don't know, but after what do they call it? Like like when after people the sheep have like died, working like dogs. The, the that, horse really like freaked out and was running around like <laughs> like really worried about the so sheep that he just killed. You created an anxiety. <laughs> no, I think the sheep accidentally got kicked in the head because <laughs> like everything was fine. Jess was feeding the horse and the horse like was fine and the dog was fine and the sheep was fine. She turned around to throw something for the dog. She looks back and the sheep's laying down and she's like, but I don't see a head. Where did, where did, what is the sheep doing? And she goes over and the thing's like out cold. So she ran in to get me to help me come move the sheep. And I'm like, why am I moving the sheep? She's like, cause he won't get up. And I'm like, well, a sheep that doesn't get up is probably dead. And so, so we go out there and the sheep is not only out cold. I mean, this thing is gone. Like, I think he stepped like the sheep annoyed the horse really bad, yeah. but the horse did care about the sheep <laughs> apparently, but not while he was eating, like being in this and around like, the this horse. This sounds like a lifetime movie or an SVU episode. Somehow this thing got kicked square in the head. I think <laughs> I, I, I didn't see anything wrong with its head really, but I don't know oh. where it got kicked, but that thing, our sheep was Is it goner. bad that I think that's hilarious? Is there I something wrong with it? I thought it was kind of funny. Our I kids think didn't funny. think it was Jess, funny. Jess, I'm sorry that I'm laughing at that so much, but I do genuinely find that funny. I'm sorry that your horse is having anxiety over that, but I'm sorry. That was funny. We're going to get the horse a goat, but we decided it probably can't be our friend's pet goat because we don't yeah. want to make that call of like, hey, remember your family pet goat yeah. that our horse killed? Yeah. But Steph, to answer your question, I have had experiences with both sheep and goats in that back when we used to do our Easter ministry at our church, 
we ended up keeping the sheep and the goats that we use for the outdoor market scene. And the sheep were far dumber than the goats were. The sheep yeah. were far more stupid. Um, but they were cuter. The baby, baby sheep were cuter than the goats. But they were both cute. I, you know, I don't really understand that question, uh, as with Sheldon. But yeah. they're just both incredibly dumb and stubborn animals. I don't ever want one as a pet. And if no. my children ever want one, I will buy them a dog and tell them it's a goat. They're kind of smelly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So neither. Uh, neither. What, what was your first car and what is your dream car? Mm. I know my dream car right now and it just recently changed. Okay. And it's attainable. Okay. It's $35,000. Really? I can buy it online and it'll be at my door in four to eight weeks. Okay. The Tesla 3. Really? Oh, yeah. That surprises me. Bring it on. Nice. I, I love Elon Musk. I don't know. I got sucked into the whole thing. I love Tesla. I hate his name. I just really hate his name. Elon Musk. I don't believe it's a real name, but that's okay. I don't I'm believe it is it. either. But yeah, good for him. Whatever. Yeah, I You know, I love the whole, like, if, He's if, creating if you the reply future. to him on Twitter with a decent idea for his car that he hasn't thought about... He will go on and get somebody to do that and make the change. And at least test it and see if it works. And it's kind of wild. Yeah. Like, it's a wild new realm of entrepreneurship that that, I just love Does that mean that he actually has no ideas and he's just, like, trolling social media for any ideas? He's got plenty of ideas. But what's great about him is, like, the tycoons of, like, the early 1900s where they were like super rich, like your Rockefellers and all yeah. that. And it's like they could go anywhere, do anything. And they were kind of like celebrities in their own right, but just business people. Yeah. This is kind of like that. Like this dude is going to space. He's building cars yeah, and, and not totally. having dealerships. He's just like, buy this on the online, internet. You pay with a credit card and I bring it to your house. And oh, if it needs anything, I'll just update it through your Wi-Fi. Yeah, and you're good. Yeah, and it, but it's one of the safest cars that they've ever tested. Yeah, and if you don't feel like driving it, you can just put it on autopilot. But you should probably keep your hands on the wheel. <laughs> like I love all of it. I, I don't know why it seems counterintuitive to my American yeah, spirit totally. of like muscle cars and yeah. everything. So my dream would probably be to have an Aston Martin DB11 beside my Tesla Model 3 that I'm using for my everyday. Yeah. Because I don't think I would drive over 300 miles on any given day. And I, I love the idea of just plugging my car in at night. And I don't know. What convinced me was watching uh, some car shows like the Grand Tour and some of yeah. them putting the, the acceleration of electric cars has come Oh, yeah, totally. So far that it's impossible for a regular combustion engine car to keep up with it. Yeah. So my first car that I bought was a 89 Cavalier Z24. Wow. And I loved it with all my heart. Wow. And I still love it. it the power to weight ratio was awesome. Uh, the, the sound the car made was a lot of fun for it was a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. And um yeah, but my very first car was an 85 Toyota Corolla hatchback with a baseball for the shifter. Nice. And that thing was a gutless wonder. And you did not and buy that one. it was like driving that a was, dinner table. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I'll go with my first car. So my first car that I ever would identify as my car was a 1995 Honda Civic. Oh, uh, no, it was a Honda Accord. Sorry. And I shared it with my two siblings. So it was, it was a stick shift. We all learned to drive on it. Um, I taught Sean Frizzell how to drive on it. No, that's a lie. I taught him to drive on my second car. Um, but 
it was my dad's car, and we eventually got it, and my sister eventually drove the wheels off of it, uh, taking it to school and different things, and it finally gave up the ghost. My first car that I purchased was a 2007. I purchased it in 2006, but it was a 2007 model Honda Civic, and I loved that car. It had I got it with all the bells and whistles. I bought it brand new. Wow. It had no miles on it. I put every mile on it that existed. It had it had an incredible sound system in it. It um it was uh it had navigation system in it when smartphones were not really a thing yet. And I loved that car and then I wrecked it on my way to Columbus to see the swell season for my girlfriend at the time, her birthday, and we never got to see that show. What's the swell season is uh, the movie Once. You ever seen the movie Once? The movie Once, the, the band in that is called The Swell Season, or they were called The Swell Season. I don't know if they're together anymore. Uh, but I, I got on the wrong side of a semi when a three-lane highway was going down to a two-lane highway, uh, and I ended up in the median, and I hit uh, the, uh, the place where usually like the cops will sit when they're, when they're tracking your... Uh, like doing the radar thing, oh, yeah. and I literally went airborne over that and landed on the other side, which is what stopped my car. It was terrifying, but nobody was really injured except my my car was destroyed. My dream car, however, is a um, a seventy three Dodge Charger. Okay, manual transmission, white interior, black on the outside. I've always loved the Chargers for some reason. They've always appealed to me. But then when the Burn Notice series came out, oh, that was Michael's car. And I'm yeah. like, this is just the – it was just cool. And it became even cooler by association. So my, my dream car is a 73 Dodge Charger, black exterior, white interior. That's, that's, my, that's my deal. Yeah, keep them coming, guys. These have been pretty good. I'm enjoying it. The next, uh, next one we had is Fictional Place – that you would most like to go. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. That is a really tough one. You've you got have, so many sci-fi have, places that well, you want to just like spirit off to right now. Sci-fi fantasy, yeah, like oh man. Do you want to do you want to answer that one first? Do you have something I there? mean as a kid, it probably would have been like Narnia. Yeah. Cuz that would have been super cool. But for me, part of the coolness of Narnia was being able to discover it in a random closet or cupboard in your house. Like that was, okay. that was, I mean, the whole thing yeah. was cool to me, but that idea that somewhere in something as mundane as your house on a rainy day, you could find this magical other place. Yeah. Um, okay. If I could pick any fictional place now, did they say like a location, like a, like a world or a, or a no, just fictional place that you would most like to go, but it can't be a real place. Okay, I'm going to give kind of a lame answer, but it's the truth. If I could pick any fictional place to go, it would be the holodeck in the Star Trek series. Because it's a simulation. I have no point Basically of what it is, it's a, it's a it's a it's an immersive simulation, so it's kind of like what we're doing with with uh with uh virtual reality now, except okay. there's no gear that you wear. You walk into this room that is a very small room, but then you tell it to upload whatever program you want, and it will suddenly put you in this world where gotcha. you're trees and experiencing, you know, the thing. It, like, literally, you're physically experiencing things. And the reason I would pick the holodeck is because I could literally pick any, any fantasy place that I've ever seen 
and experience it. Ah, gotcha. And experience it as, as close to reality as possible without actually being there. So I would pick the, the Star Trek uh, holodeck system uh, would be the place I would go in a fictional world. And <laughs> that's a good answer. And Steph, you have to explain the sheep or goats question to me. I, I need to know if there was more to that or if you were just being, you were just poking the bear, which you might have been. Yeah, keep it coming, guys. Yeah. What, what was on our Twitter account? Can you pull I, that up? I, I can't. You're going to have to log out of mine and log in. I don't have our, our Twitter info anymore. Okay. I lost it, and so I never actually logged in. You could just kill Facebook or Instagram Live and just tell them you're sorry and that they should go to Facebook. Are they going to be sad? I don't know. Who's on there still? I don't know. Uh, let me try this here. All right. Okay, we're jumping over to some of the Twitter comments that we got throughout the week. Oh, Steph, that is a terrible question to ask, but we should answer it. What is the most annoying habit that other people have? And Kevin's is pretty close to that. What are words or phrases that people use you don't like? Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's do both of those. Okay, so words or phrases that people use. Um, and this is one that I've used some on the podcast. I don't typically say it outside of the podcast. <laughs> but President Obama made me hate the phrase, let me be clear. <laughs> Mostly because I kind of got the feeling that every time he said, let me be clear, he was about to stretch the truth or outright lie. Somebody just said that this week with Greg Williams, the Browns coach. Yeah. That when he says, now I'm going to be totally honest with you. <laughs> it's like, I don't trust somebody that has yeah, to you always about say, to lie to me. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. But yeah. So let me be clear, gets on my nerves. And again, I do say it every once in a while on here. So it has its merits, but that really, really the annoys me. The most annoying habit that other people have is definitely clipping fingernails or toenails in the office. In an office environment, yes. I feel like you should be beaten with rods. I think there's only one circumstance. I think there's only one circumstance that that is acceptable in, oh. and that is if you actually have your hand inserted into a plastic bag or something where you know that you're not getting projectile nails. I just don't like the all over ringing the place. that it makes that when it goes sound. through your nails. Like that. Oh, oh man, yeah. It's just so bad. Totally. I can't, um, can't handle it. Uh, I really struggle with people who say a word incorrectly and don't know. Oh. So, like, instead of specifically. Like else. Yeah, else. Or else. instead of specifically, pacifically. Yeah. Or, um, oh, what else? Um, especially is one that really bothers me. Yeah. And there are people I know who are very intelligent or people. espresso. Espresso. It's espresso. Oh, espresso. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So that that is one. Uh, it's not a correct word or phrase, but that's one that drives me crazy. Um, habits that people have that annoy me. <clears throat> what, 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 what Steph says that it was just a random question that she oh, okay, had about cool. the sheep. Totally. The I feel better about that because I'm not missing any depth. Um, oh. Other habits that people have that annoy me. We've talked about some of those things and the things I don't understand. We have gotten into some of that. There was, there's a word that I was running across this week in my 
research for the podcast, and then it all went out the window because I couldn't use my phone at the beginning. But yeah, anyway, there are words and phrases that people use that bother me. And the, the phrase intentional is starting to bother me. Using the word intentional. Everything is intentional yes. now, and it's starting to bother me. It's like, do you do a lot of things unintentionally? <laughs> do people have a big problem just randomly wandering through life doing everything unintentionally? Because then I feel like you're making excuses. Yeah. Well, we need to be intentional. No, you just need to focus on what you're doing, or you need to change directions from what you were doing to before into something else. And the whole thing is being chalked up to, well, what I've been doing, I've just been unintentionally doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I, I, I think that the word intentional is, is a cop-out in some ways, and it's also it seems like a non-aggressive way to tell somebody to do something different from what they're currently doing. Yeah. yeah. It's no, like, it's... I don't think you intentionally meant to do that. Yeah. We just all need to be more intentional. We're going to give you an out for your bad behavior. It's like the millennial don't do this again. Yeah. Um, again, my wife has, has precedent here because she is, ah, Kevin's with me. Be intentional is the most annoying phrase in Christianity <laughs> these days. Um, I just had uh, one from my wife that said, men are usually described as being babies when they're sick. Would you describe <laughs> yourself as having a high or low pain tolerance? Oh, I'm a baby when I'm sick. Now, see, these, no, I feel I'm like these are, but I feel like these are two, two, two separate subjects. Okay. So, <laughs> so let me, let me go with this. Um, as far as my pain tolerance, I would say I'm probably somewhere in the middle but my pain tolerance is directly related to who is causing the pain. So, for example, I can go and get a massage from somebody who is like a serious massage where they're like getting in there and it is, it is hurting and you're having to breathe through it kind of stuff. And I can deal. I can focus and I can deal. I can move my way through that. If my wife is massaging my back and hits a spot that is uncomfortable, I will writhe and yell and do all kinds of weird things but i think it's because i know i can make her stop and i can like have some control over the situation where if i go to get a massage i am paying this person to hurt me a little so that i feel better later and there's there's this mental thing that i do that if it's if it's being done by somebody else but somebody who i feel like i have some element of sway or control over my pain tolerance goes to zero but if i'm in another environment that is not the case, you know? So like, I've never taken like heavy, hefty meds whenever I've had surgery. So having wisdom teeth removed or, uh, when I had a, a cyst removed from underneath my tongue, uh, last year, um, I didn't use anything but like Tylenol and even that it wasn't overly over the top, you know? So I think I'm somewhere in the middle, uh, as far as pain tolerance. What about you? Um, for me, I'm a big baby when I'm sick, mostly because I think I'm near death if I have to barf. Like, um, do you remember, have you watched How I Met Your Mother? Some. When, when Ted, when Ted is like, vomit free since 93. <laughs> That's what I, that, that is my life goal. That's your I want to go years without puking and I would yeah. managed to do it and I will do like mind over matter. Yeah. I'll take time off work. If I feel like, if I feel like I'm going to be sick and like, I can't eat, I'm going to be like, I'm going to take that morning off. 
as a precaution that first of all, I don't make other people sick. You people that are sick and come to the office, I want to choke you and make you go home. But I, I won't go into the office if I feel like I'm being yeah. sick because I don't want to make anybody else sick. Yeah. And I will take time and I will just like not eat anything for a little while and like, you know, take care yeah. of myself. But my whole goal is not to puke. And if I feel like that's about to happen, I'm a big baby. Like, yeah. I'll, yeah. I, I would rather throw up than have any other form of sickness because when you're throwing Ugh. up, nobody wants to be around you. They let you go home. And they don't want to see you until it's passed. If you have a head cold or if you have other things like that going on, people expect to see you at work. People expect you to be doing things. So um, I would say, yes, I'm a baby when I'm sick. But I have a theory as to why women are tougher than men when it comes to actually getting sick. Does it have anything to do with childbirth? No, it actually okay. doesn't. Well, yes, it does, but, ah. not, but it's, not, it's not related to labor. I believe that women have a higher tolerance for not feeling well because of their menstrual cycles because they have to deal with cramps and discomfort and bloating like all of these things on a regular basis yeah and so when they get sick it's like well yeah this is that but it's not as bad as that or i can function when i'm having these problems or I'm feeling crappy in this way. And so I can just do the same now. So I do. I think, I think women have a more consistent rough time with those things. And that translates into a higher tolerance for them being sick. On the other hand, us, we've got nothing. And then all of a sudden we get sick and we do, we think we're going to die and we just want to lay in one spot. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, this could be the big one. Yeah. Here and I honestly, I've only ever had one illness. I've had the flu, the actual flu, like the, the one that killed people way back in the day. I've had that one time and I was basically quarantined from my wife and my son because she obviously did not want my son who was a baby at the time to get it. And I remember laying in this room by myself. I had nothing. I had no phone in there with me. I had no TV. There was just nothing. And I'm laying there staring up at the ceiling and I thought to myself, this is what it feels like to die. There's (laughs) no one around and I'm just waiting for something to happen, yeah. and nothing is happening. It was it was the most weirdly surreal thing. But that is my theory as to why women mm. are less wimpy when it comes to getting sick. I believe that they have built more of a tolerance because of the things that their bodies just naturally go yeah. through. Uh, so that's my theory there. And of course, childbirth kind of puts everything else into another a whole other realm once a woman has experienced that. Um, <laughs> what job would you be terrible at? Uh, Um, (laughs) I got one right off the top of my head if you want me to roll. Yeah, go with it. I I, have a couple. I would be terrible in any food service industry. If I was a server or a bartender or any of those things, I like people, but I have very small tolerance for stupidity. And I feel like waitresses and waiters and bartenders have to deal with the stupidest of stupid and humanity at their absolute worst. And I don't say that tongue in cheek. I, for those of you who have been in the food service industry, I applaud you. You are a better person than I am. I could never do that. I would dump things on people. I would throw things at people unless I worked at one of those restaurants where part of the shtick is to be mean to your customer. I could do one of those. Um, but yeah, I could not do that. I, I literally do not have the temperament to do that. I'm a little bit on the opposite side. I cannot do a job where I'm isolated. 
You isolate me, I will be goofing off the minute you walk out the door until somebody comes to check up on me because negative <laughs> attention is as good as any attention. Like, <laughs> I I don't deal well by myself. Like, uh, being in some cubicle off somewhere by myself doing something. You I'm, off by I yourself would be is useless. Just, you left to your own devices, I feel like, is just a bad thing in general. It is bad. And I feel like that's a flaw in my character because people will be like, okay, integrity is what you are when no one else is around. I hate everything about that situation. <laughs> See, I don't talk to myself. Yeah. I get freaked out by like my thoughts get really loud. <laughs> and then like I get distracted because now I was supposed to do something, but I'm by myself and I can't remember because now I have to think about feeding myself and the thing about clothing <laughs> myself. I have to think about like all the things I have to do. And now I've remembered all these things I have to do. And I really don't feel like doing any of them. And what I would rather do is goof off and like not See, do any of this. And I just, I hate <laughs> everything about being alone. See, my thing, I, see, I'm one of those, I, I thrive on, on solitude. So that wouldn't bother me at all. But the thing is, is I go places in my brain. Your, your going places in your brain always translates into action. Mine, I just retreat into this wonderland with the dudes in my brain. And it, there's inaction. I will literally lay in one spot and just let my mind wander to all of these things. Yeah. And so it's it's just as distracting, but I won't get in trouble for it other than I might get fired for not accomplishing anything. Yeah. I'm going to be constructing ways to interact with people yeah. from where I'm at. Now, it's it's a little better with computers now because I can still reach Pretend out. Pretend to like interact with the world. Interact with people yeah. and be like, ha ha, totally. okay, here we go. I can interact <laughs> with people now. But yeah, I don't know. Being by myself, like, yeah. Solitary confinement for me, I feel like would... Like that would that would that would be really tough. Yeah, I don't know how I would do it. I've I never, can see why it's inhumane. I've never to do understood. More than like 10 and again, days. this is this is one of those things because I I I always tell people I'm a hermit that just fights it. But I've never understood solitude being a punishment, solitary confinement being a punishment. Now I understand solitary in the sense of like you're put in a black room where you don't even know what if it's daytime or nighttime, or whatever, that part I can see driving you crazy. But just like being in a room, hanging out, just you, I'm like, I, like that I mean, doesn't phase do me. I can do it with a TV or a game if I'm doing something like that. But if I'm just by myself, I'll be like, okay, so how much longer do I do this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's always <laughs> so, been struggled. Uh, Lisa says, what kind of secular music do you prefer? And I love that question because I would love to destroy the line between secular and Christian music. Yes. And just have music. All hail Switchfoot. Yes. And and so, uh, yeah, Switchfoot, U2, and, and I feel like a couple other bands have done a good job of saying, hey, this is art. Artists are artists. And we don't break art into categories of secular and Christian. Yes. I don't say this is a Christian painting and this secular painting. Yeah, I'd love, and I get. I'm not. I'm not preaching at Lisa here. Yeah. but I'm just. I'm just saying. Like for me, I wish those labels were gone. Yeah, I want there to just be music. But if if I had to take away all Christian music and all I'm left with is just music that anybody <clears throat> else makes. Uh, pop punk is never going to die for me. Yeah. I'm never going away from it. It was so alive and real when I was in high school and, and after high school and all of that, Jimmy Eat World will be one of my favorite bands ever. Oh, yeah. um, uh, all American Rejects. 
Blink-182 really got that kicked off. Even some uh, offspring. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. Um, Still can do... I still know all the words to every song on Americana. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... yeah, for me, I loved Warp Tour and going there and just acting like I was, you know, 18, 19 again. It yeah. was a lot of fun. So See, I'm sad that Warp Tour died, and it gives me a bad feeling that pop punk might die. But yeah. it's just going to come back again. Yeah. You guys know it. I'm, I'm more into, like, uh, 70s roots rock kind of thing. So, like... Led Zeppelin, uh, Queen, even though Queen got more into the 80s. I've always kind of said that Queen was the Led Zeppelin of the 80s. Since Led Zeppelin didn't make it into the 80s, Queen kind of took over that mantle of biggest band in the world in a lot of ways. Um, and I love, of course, like Motown, 50s and 60s uh, rock and, and R&B. Um, my, stu- my stuff I love is old, uh, and it was old when I started getting into it. Yeah. Um, I My musical taste... The more I've become a musician and the more I've expanded has gone in reverse uh, to, to most people's. There's not a whole lot that's current that you would know what I'm talking about if I were to throw out and who modern, I listen to. Modern stuff, it'd be like Coldplay, Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Uh, Mumford, I do like Coldplay. Mumford and Sons I like a lot. Um, trying to think. Um, I, love, I, love oh. what, I love a lot of what Bruno Mars is doing, but that's because he's returned to like a kind of Motown I felt I felt into I I felt I was not on the Twenty One Pilots train when they took off, and then I had like a I've gained appreciation to it for them. Yeah, and now I I'm kind of on board with all yeah. that, and I enjoy yeah. it. So, but if I were to pick a favorite band of all time, it would probably be Queen. They 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 have all of the elements that yeah make a great rock band, and basically the the guitar sound that I always am going for is almost entirely <laughs> informed by the huge power chord rocky sound of Brian May's guitars uh, nice. for Queen. So, yeah, they're they're probably my one of my favorite bands of all time. Yep. I would say. And if there was a look that I could pull off, it would be Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. <laughs> I just I've always loved peak Tom DeLonge, Blink-182, yeah. lip ring, oh, yeah. the longer hair, all of it. I I loved everything about that look. <laughs> And like the Atticus brand, all of it. I loved every bit of it. So, yeah. But I can't pull it off because my hair gets really weird when I grow it out. And it's, it's, I've tried it. I'm not doing it again. You won't see it. I kind of want to see it. No, I'm going Are for there a haircut pictures? this week. Are there pictures? There when are. you tried it, I would like to see that. Uh, no, it's bad because then once Instagram it, would like once to see that. I grew it out to probably its longest point I had ever grown it. I tried to like. Uh, like peroxide bleach it, oh. and it went like Duracell battery yeah. orange. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> the copper so top. It's not happening. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. That's not happening again. Okay, I got. I've got more from my wife. If we don't have anything that's up uh, right no, now, no, there is another. There's a couple other ones. Let me see if we All got right, let's one. Hit it. Um, what is the worst place you were ever stuck or stranded and couldn't leave? <sighs> The worst place you were ever stuck or stranded. Hmm. I almost got left at, well, I did get left at a museum in Washington, D.C. because I was like goofing off on a school trip and ended up with a group of people that were not my group of people. My group of people <laughs> left without me. And that was that was a little scary. What museum were you in? Uh, 
I don't remember. Oh, that's I wasn't sad. Paying a lot of attention. Oh, I would totally. It was some sort that. of science thing. Oh, could have been the Smithsonian, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Oh, it was something where there was some sort of exhibit, and I like wandered off, and my mom was a chaperone. I don't know. <laughs> I thought she was. She might correct me. My memory oh. of my memory of elementary and like early high school is really bad. Yeah, I've been finding out like stuff I was pretty sure happened. Some of it didn't really happen the way I remember it at all. Yeah. So, um, I I don't really have a. I've never been ever stranded anywhere. I've I've always made sure that I have a way out of any place that I ever am. But I'm gonna say the closest I've ever been to that feeling of stranded and want to go anywhere else is almost every single youth lock-in I ever participated in. <laughs> you would hit a moment during the night where you weren't allowed to sleep. And you would Wait, just you're not allowed to oh, sleep. Oh yeah, where it was a like a, an everybody up all night, like oh, that yeah. kind of thing, or like kind of like blast, like that kind yeah. of thing. There was always a moment you hit where you thought you thought to yourself, "I want to be anywhere else but here right now. I want to be away from every person here. I don't want to touch anybody. Yeah. I want to hear from anybody. I don't want to see a face. I might bite one off if it comes near me. I don't want to deal with anybody." Yeah. And you literally have this 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 the shining moment where you think you're going to strike out at somebody who comes within any <laughs> anywhere close to you. Um, and usually it passes, yeah. but that is the closest I've ever come to that feeling of like internal panic of like, I've just got to get out of here right now. Yeah. Um, and it happened at every single lock-in event I was ever a part of. I Without feel like question, those are a bad idea. They're always a bad idea, <clears throat> especially now. There we go. And then somebody said, what is your favorite restaurant? I don't know. We got to go genres with that. National chain or local? Doesn't matter. Favorite restaurant? Hit it up. Okay. Um, I I will say my go-to is always wings. Okay. So if I'm doing local restaurants here in Worcester that do wings, it would be CW Burgersteins. Okay. Or the old jail. <clears throat> okay. Like I feel like they're pretty solid in the wing yeah. category. No wait. Do you mean do you mean the old jail or the tavern? Yeah, the old jail tavern. Okay. Not not the not the fancy fine dining. The old jail. I've never. Yeah. Never been in the fine dining part. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm just not a restaurant connoisseur. I yeah. eat a lot of what's in front of me, and I'm not really picky. Yeah. Uh, I love good seafood, so I don't know. I'm... But uh, if I were going to... Sushi. Gonna... Oh. Ooh. Okay. It was the revolving sushi place in Anchorage, Alaska, and it was in some sort of strip mall. Okay. And it didn't look like a big deal, but when we went in, that was... One of some of the most fresh and awesome sushi. I and we bet. went in for lunch, and I didn't want to do anything the rest of the day. Yeah, I was gonna be in some sort of food coma because their <laughs> stuff was on sale, and so all the plates were the same price. I think it was like a dollar fifty or yeah, two dollars a plate, and the little things come by on this thing by your table. And if you like what you see, you just pick it off and you eat it, and okay. then they tell you stack up all your plates, and that's your bill. And <laughs> To me, that was the coolest experience, yeah. and it cost me like 20 bucks, and yeah. I was super happy. I, I have a similar one to that, but I'll go with a couple of categories here. If we're talking straight-up dirty food, Taco Bell all the way. If we're going dirty food, I'm going to Taco Bell without question. Um, going to uh, something, I guess, a little more around here that's local, I, I love um, uh, basil. 
downtown, yeah. the the Asian restaurant, and I think that's actually a chain. I think there's more, but we have one. So nonetheless, I will I will call I'll call that one out. Um, the best food experience I've ever had, where I had that feeling of like I want to live here, was I went to a Brazilian steakhouse yeah. called Brazaz in Chicago, and they literally you have a token that's about this big. And it, on one side, it says yes, and on one side, it says no. You pay $50 to come and sit down at this place. First of all, the the like salad bar and seafood buffet would have been worth $50 by itself. It was phenomenal. Yep. Best smoked salmon I've ever tasted in my life. It was like butter. Um, but you sit down, and you flip this. This is like, like a, a Ron Swanson fantasy is basically what this place is. And if you have yes... Any meat that comes through, they bring it through on big skewer swords, yeah. and they will literally cut off a chunk of the meat, and you eat that meat. And when you're wanting to hold off, you just flip over the disc, so it says no, you eat what you're going to do for a while, you sit there, you let it process, and then you flip it back over, and they, they will let you stay there forever. They will let you live there, like, I'm convinced. I could live right and here I, in this spot. My only regret about that was that I didn't... Dis- that I decided to eat other things that day before we went there. I had yeah. no idea the experience that I was about to have. Um, and so You're like, I could have done a 30 hour famine right yeah, before this. Yeah. So that would, I would say that was my best eating experience that I've ever had. And I would love to do it again. Oh, Hey Nikki. Hey Sam. Um, this is a really good question. When did you know that you loved your now wives? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first? Uh, sure. I mean, okay. I, yeah, I might not appear this way, but I was always the hopeless romantic who thought I was going to marry all of my girlfriends. Yes. So going into it, the fact that I would ask her out and call her and like be around in, and still dating her was because I thought I was moving to marriage at some point. Yes. But that was always um, the goal for me. I mean, yeah, as that, well. that was the goal. And, and it was I think that probably has to do with not wanting to be alone or whatever. But you know what? I'm I'm fine. Being married young was one of the best things that I ever did, and I highly recommend it. Like just when when, when you, you find, know you know go when for you it. know you know. Don't be like oh I'm too young and I really should have other girlfriends. And if she's standing right in front of you, yeah, and you know you know, just go for it. Um, but mine was when she invested enough in where I was at to. Like, I had already planned that we were going to get engaged. But she came up to Canada where I was I was uh, serving at a camp up there and, and helping uh, with a Christian camp for Native kids. And I was up there, and she got a one-way ticket to come up there and spend a week up there, just immersed herself in what I was doing, and then uh, flew back home or uh, drove back home with my family or I forget yeah. how the trip worked out, but she had a one-way ticket and got harassed by the FAA and <laughs> all this stuff, you know, and, and she made a, to me, I was always the guy who wanted to do the grand gesture yeah, thing. Yeah. And so it meant a lot to me that she did the grand gesture. Now that we've been married longer, I realize that for her, it's the little things that matter the most in the big yeah. grand gesture is often a little too much. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not really her bag. It is mine. And she definitely came my direction. And I yeah. was like, all right, this is for real. Like, And when I could see that the people that I loved loved her, I was like, yeah, this is happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. No doubt at that um, point. 
see, this is kind of a complicated question to me because there's there's the there's the falling in love aspect. There's the the seeing the potential for love, but then there's the like whole hog, like I am in this, like yeah. I am up to my neck in this, and it is going to happen. Um, I would say the thing that started me falling in love with my wife was we went out on our first date, which she would have said probably wasn't a date. We were just hanging out. And I, either way, if I had initiated that we were going to go out, like I was going to pay. That is how my mama raised me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the one paying. Well, I took her out and I paid for her dinner and she freaked out and was apparently texting her sister about how she thought we were actually on a date because I was paying. And when we got to the coffee shop that we were going to that night to listen to an open mic night, which was hilarious in and of itself, Kayla literally rushed up to the counter and bought her coffee real quick so that I couldn't pay for it. And that was that first moment where I was kind of like, oh, like that tugged because I thought, you know that something's going on here already and And you're just trying to to avoid it, but you know, and there's something here. And so that was my initial uh, I've sent a message that you have received. Yeah, that was that was my my initial thing of like, yeah, I'm I'm starting to fall for this girl already. Um, but the the head over heels <clears throat> hard one was <clears throat> when I remember she <clears throat> we we had that the the define the relationship discussion and she kind of hit me finally with a you know this just I'm just we're not going to date this is not going to be a thing and I was like okay fine and I was actually. There was another girl that I was not dating, but I knew was interested in me. And there was an event that we were at, and we were all there hanging out. And this other girl was there, and she was awesome. She was an awesome girl. Nothing nothing wrong with her. Nothing. I mean, she was awesome. Very sweet. Uh, would have been a great a great person to, to date and probably marry. I mean, but I remember I had that thought of like, man, I'd rather be with Kayla right now. Like, it was just this overwhelming sense of... I just, I wish, I wish, and it wasn't like we were on a date. It wasn't like I was, we were just in a group of friends and literally all I could think of was Kayla's the missing element here. And I was like, that's because I'm in love with her. Like I'm there. It's already there. And that was very quickly uh, in our relationship. So yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Kathy says uh, that she loved our episode called the one. And she's come to think that the Hallmark channel is perhaps the biggest source of the propaganda about the one. Except nobody young watches the Hallmark Channel, really. Like, yeah, it's, but what we were talking about and how it plays into oh, divorce yeah, yeah. and dissatisfaction yeah. with your relationship any and how romantic, it's a place. Any romantic com- There's a reason romantic comedies end with the couple finally getting together yeah, and not showing them getting married and going through that whole deal. Like At, at most, you get marriage yeah, you is, get, the, like, is the end game. A quick and, wedding Yeah, you or get the something. end with them getting married. It's like, oh, good. Everyone's happy. Ta-da. Yeah. Ta-da. But yeah. Yeah, I can I can go with that. The formulaic plots of Hallmark movies is what contributes to the idea of the one. And the reason the idea of the one is poisonous is not on the falling in love on the front end side. I feel like I feel like the poisonous part of it is the dissatisfaction that people chalk up to, well, this wasn't the one. Yeah. You there's, know, there's a the secondary line, doubts. Of, there's a, there's only one for me. And this soulmate thing somehow hasn't yeah. been a thing. There's a line and, in, um, a movie called, uh, she's just not that into you, which is a really interesting movie. I, I can't 
wholeheartedly recommend it because there is some stuff in it. Yeah. But really interesting, really interestingly written. And uh, Bradley Cooper and Scarlett Johansson are one of like four couples that you follow in this movie. And he's married and she is not. And meets him and it's like this typical meet cute, you know, in a in a in a grocery store and one pays for the other kind of thing and they have a little cute interaction and she finds out he's married and they move on. Well there's another point where they're they're talking and, and she she comes up with a someone comes up with an illustration of somebody who met somebody divorced their wife and then married this person. They're really happy now and whatever. And there's a point where she says something like, what if you meet the love of your life, but you're already married? Are you supposed to just let that person pass you by? And I'm like, this is what is wrong with the idea of the one. If you have married somebody, they become the one, whether they are quote the one or not. And you commit to that. You dig your heels in and you make them the one no matter what. And this idea that like, Oh no, now I found the one. And so this doesn't matter anymore is absolute garbage. And I agree. That is what it leads to is just yeah, that dissatisfaction. And it leads to a, a dishonesty on a whole nother level where it's you're, gross. you're being dishonest, not only with yourself, but with the other person. And, and like you, when you make a vow, that's a sacred thing. And right. there's only certain circumstances, which you can break that vow off. And even then, and it has nothing to do with the right. one. And even then you don't usually recommend it. You usually go with, Hey, work this out first. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Ugh, that could I could rant. I, even though we did a whole podcast, we did a whole podcast on, on the I one. could rant on it. It's a fantastic conversation <laughs> that you guys need to tune into if you haven't heard Gets it. Gets my blood boiling, air time. <laughs> There's a couple great comments oh on that. They kind of like that. I literally cannot read that at all. Okay, now I can see it a little better if I get in there. Yes, they do. They watch it with their moms. What is she talking about? Who, Kathy said that? No, Kayla. They watch Hallmark movies with their moms? I guess so. It's just moms? Moms. <laughs> yeah. Apparently your wife. <laughs> Apparently my wife. My wife's an old soul in some ways, you know. <laughs> and not in others. But what do we got? What else we got on there? Um, no, my wife likes period British comedies that are doing the same thing, I think. But <laughs> There are some good ones in there, though. Some of those... I don't know. It's not British comedies. It's like the, the romantic, but it's like, like the chick flicks, like yeah, Sense and Sensibility, like Poldark. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. I don't know. She's big into it. I haven't watched one minute of it. <laughs> I know lots of young people who watch Hallmark <laughs> as Who's, bad as they who said are. That? You said young people don't watch it. Well, this this person when he was young and still. Does not really watch. I'll tolerate Hallmark movies, some of them, at Christmas. I would watch Indian cricket matches that I don't understand over a Hallmark movie. I would turn the TV off forever (laughs) rather than watch an entire Hallmark movie. That is one place that I would feel trapped and feel the need to get away. Is if somebody was like, we're having a family gathering. The only thing that's going to be on is the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> no thanks. I'll stay at home with my loud thoughts in a corner. I can mostly agree with that. If they're just too formulaic and too predictable, I do struggle with that. I would watch the Niners lose the Super Bowl to the Ravens six times before I would watch a Hallmark movie. And that I, is gut-wrenching. Honestly, and I have not gone back and watched that Super yeah, Bowl ever since. I honestly... Every time I see an actor that I know in a Hallmark movie, my first reaction is, oh, this is what their career has become now. Uh, and I get I really sad for, for the them. Guy. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Ugh. 
<laughs> so, so uh, somebody on Twitter was asking, who's going to win the next Super Bowl, the Browns or the Niners? As in, who will win the Super Bowl next? Next. <laughs> Between those two teams. They're both a mess right now. I feel great about the Niners. I feel great about I'm a lot of the... I'm eternally optimistic. I feel great about a lot. Again, They I have s- their quarterback of the future. They have the coach, which is something the Browns do Browns not do have. Browns do not have. But I also, I also come back to the problem with the... Ban- I feel like right now they have the ownership that might make it work. Because Jimmy Haslam does not care what the fan base thinks about what he does. He's just trying to make decisions. And he's got football people, and he's yes. just writing checks for football people, yes. which is what an owner so should I do. So I think the bones are there for them to be great. I think Baker Mayfield can be a franchise quarterback. Sure. I think if we can get the coaching element figured out, I think it's going to work well. Um, this franchise just has no experience in, in real big moments like that. It all comes down the to Ravens, the Browns coach. The Ravens are the Browns. The Ravens is the actual Browns organization. They're the ones with the history. They're the ones with the playoff and Super Bowl experience. We are not. And so we have the Browns have never been to the Super Bowl or anything like it. The Browns have not. This, yep. this franchise yep. do, has never been there and doesn't know anything about it. Yep. So... It's a big leap. Yeah, it's yeah. a big leap. I can't. I can't say that the Browns will be there first. Yeah. But I, what I would, <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll play each other. <laughs> maybe that'll be the thing. Oh. Kathy is saying how bad the Hallmark Channel is, and she still watches it. And why do people do that? I hear that all the time. But I guess there I is that weirdness. Like, I will sit and watch certain infomercials sometimes. Like, if it's late enough. Like, you know how when you were a kid and you'd be up late watching TV and all of a sudden it would kick into infomercials and you knew you were up past that point where it's like there's going to be nothing on, but this is on and <laughs> you didn't want to sleep. And so you're like, okay, show me about the ShamWow. Tell me about it. How does <laughs> but, it work? But I think the reason is, like, my wife likes all the loose ends tied up before she goes to bed. Like, yeah. if there's something super suspenseful that happens and then it just ends, it, like, leaves her feeling disconcerted. Yeah. I don't think she can sleep. I think the Hallmark movies wrap up yeah. in a way that's satisfying. I have never watched a movie. I don't know because I haven't ever made it to the end. But I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm, I'm constantly analytical when watching a movie. So I'm trying to figure out what's happening. I'm trying to see all the little spider webs and things that are happening. I I have legitimately to this point in my life I have never been surprised by a movie. Inception. But even Inception it, there wasn't like a surprise for me. Closer to that was actually another Chris uh, uh, uh it's Christopher Nolan, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which I love him. I don't know why I couldn't remember his first name. I knew it was Nolan, but Christopher yes. felt wrong. But uh, uh, The Prestige yeah. almost got me. But I figured it out with there's, there's a, a signal that they but give the of what's Inception, happening. There isn't anything to figure out. Right. It's kind of binary. It just kind of happens. You watch it happen. Did you... But you didn't... <clears throat> Do you think the top fell or not? Or at the end, do you have an opinion on that? Like, did I, it catch I do, you off and guard I've watched, that they And I've watched a bunch way? of theories about that. The theory being that that top is not actually his totem. That was his wife's totem. Okay. 
So him doing that, it represented him leaving it behind. He didn't care anymore whether or not was this was reality. But there are a couple of signals in that uh, every time his father-in-law was was there, that was always reality. He was never associated with that. Gotcha. Um, the children are a little... Initially, they look like they're young, but then you see that they're actually a little bit older when they actually get up to come greet him. And so it was like almost like his memory, like, oh, I've been waiting for this moment. This is the moment. I, and then having an actual happen. But the theory is that his wedding ring is the totem. Okay. Because he's only ever wearing his wedding ring in the real world. Every time he goes in, he does not have it on. Gotcha. And so, so there's all kinds of fan theory that's gotten into that. But when, I mean, my initial thing was like, Oh, they're not going to tell us whether or not. But then I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like it, it literally, I came away thinking that's not even the point. It doesn't matter. Um, so I wasn't like, Overly disheartened by that. Such a good movie. It is a great movie. I need to watch that again. It's been the soundtrack's amazing. Just those big like ethereal sounds are just so cool. The Book of Eli didn't surprise you. I think somebody somebody spoiler darn it that's the one one that should have got you. Yeah, that one. Somebody spoiled that one for me. So I think that would have, but it 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 didn't. So, but again, I haven't I haven't seen every movie. What? Oh, tell it no. Okay. Uh, they were asking for a favorite show on TV or sitcom. I think we talked about this a little bit, but um, I like How I Met Your Mother quite a bit. Yeah. I, I totally hated the yeah. last season and the way it ended. Um, ones we watch religiously, New Girl, yeah. uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably my overall favorite show, just because it was so tragic, oh. was Firefly. I loved Firefly. Love you Firefly. got me onto it. I watched it. I love it. And it's just so sad that it didn't. Here's fly. here's one for you, and you won't be able to find it. But it's our go-to, and I had somebody download it for me and put it on a thumb drive. Thumb drive, and it's in our computer, and we watch it, and we're going to watch it at least on a yearly basis for the rest of our lives. It's a sitcom that ran one season, and it's called Perfect Couples. It is. Fan flipping tastic. Okay, and it it's got Olivia Munn and a couple other people that have done other things since that show. Yeah, but it is written so well, and the humor is so fast, and it's all it's all about couples, and it's about three different couples, and they're all friends, and they experience different things, but each one of them experiences the same things from like three different ways that couples interact about the same thing. Yeah, like. For instance, one of the, one of the episodes is about they just have a short part of the episode that's about um, the the guy comes into the bedroom late and the wife is already asleep and she's spread across the bed. How do you get into the bed? <laughs> and, and it just the different approaches. I mean, the one guy the one guy like gently wakes her up and says, "Cherish partner, I recognize your need to feel comfortable." And I affirm you in, and he like does this whole thing from a book that they've been reading and she, and she reciprocates. They go back and forth for a while. And in the end, like she falls asleep during the thing and he went to get a drink and he comes back and she's still asleep and it's like, he's back to square one. Uh, The other guy comes in and (laughs) this is my favorite because it's what I would do. And he just like bends down right beside her and it's like, honey, I, I appreciate your need to take up 95% of the bed. What are you doing? And she's like, she's like, you woke me up from a sleep. 
You could have just moved me over. And then she's standing on the bed, but now I'm awake and I want to fight. And she's like throwing things across the bed. And I'm, I'm dying right now. Like just, and he's like, he's like, okay, that's fine. I'll just sleep right here on the floor. Since that was your plan at this wet floor. And he's dumping a bottle of water out onto a hardwood floor. And it's just like, and she's like, I'll just sleep right here. That's what you wanted. That's what you wanted. You, you've got to like, uh, give me this show. I need is, this. It is. It, and the, the perfect girl, couples. The girl that's married to one of the guys from It's Always Sunny. Uh, the waitress from It's Always Sunny yeah, is yeah. in this show. The, yeah, um, the waitress. The, the waitress yeah. is in there. And um, the other couple is like an older, is not older, but they're. Like these other two couples just got married, and then the other couple that's been married for a little while, they have more experience and they're a little more wise, but they still have their struggles. So, like, the way he gets into bed is he like squeezes in and gets a little bit of the cover around him and realizes this isn't going to work. So, he pulls out a flashlight and just like shines it around the room like this, and the dog starts barking and he turns it <laughs> off and tucks it under his pillow. And he's like, Shut up! He's like, Shut up! You woke her up! She was asleep! He's like, it's like stupid dog and the dog's just like and then they both and she's like it's fine he's the dog and they and they just like snuggle up and go to sleep and i'm that's like beautiful. that is awesome that's yeah. the way to solve it yeah i still would be like i appreciate your need to take up 95 percent of the bed oh my gosh yeah yeah i've never heard of that i'm gonna have to check that out yeah, you can't find it anywhere. It's not on Netflix. It's not on anything else. Find somebody that does illegal torrent streaming and that can download it for you and put it on a thumb drive. Unless you buy it from Amazon, I guess you can. That's it's, crazy. It's fantastic. Though. That's fun. Loved your superheroes ep- episode. I was hoping you'd talk about the movie <laughs> Unbreakable. It's perfect. The movie Unbreakable I've never watched is per- it. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, don't. We can't talk about it until Sheldon's seen it. I have it. You're going to borrow it and you're going to watch Bruce it. It's Bruce Willis. It's Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. It's perfect. It's okay. awesome. It's M. Night Shyamalan at his best. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Sal- I, I Sal- like- Salamander. Salamander. Yeah. I, I liked him. And then I watched a lot of his movies and I made it to The Village. Yeah. And I never saw The Village. I won't ruin it for you. I was not. Well, I know how it ends. I read about it because it had been ah. out long enough that I'm like, okay. Eh. Um, um, the village, it was okay until like Joaquin Phoenix was in it. <laughs> no, it was, okay I guess until I don't, Joaqu- I don't do the horror genre. Yeah. So I don't and like it played the, with that. The, do, 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 yeah. do, you no, know, like, no, it's the kind of you, you, they will, played into it a little too much. And I feel like with M night Shyamalan, like I was with him for his suspense and like the really hard twist. Like yeah. he would put in a hard twist and then a hard twist on top of that. And you're like, Oh wow, this is this is next level. I like this. You yeah. know, he's next level thinker. And then it and became then, so gimmicky. Yeah, it became gimmicky and then he felt the need for like shock value a little bit. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Did you see signs? No. Yeah, that one will make you mad. If, if I heard that. If evolution is, made you mad, yes. signs will make you mad. I heard even that. more mad because it takes itself seriously. Yeah. And evolution did not take itself seriously. I'll have to take your word on it. Evolution yeah. Yeah. Still physically makes me mad. We probably should start getting ready to wrap here because we we've been wrap. going for a bit. We're it's past almost our thing. Yeah, it's almost ten. Okay. It's after ten, actually. Yeah. 
which I don't okay. care about the time. I mean, this is always fun. I like doing these. Yeah. But yeah, do we have a couple more that we want to hit here before we? Th- see, this is the problem with not having the bell because we can rant too long. No one has control. This is complete anarchy, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yeah, I think they've they've kind of given us our last uh, tidbits of of good ones there. Okay. So uh, there was somebody that wanted us to get into like. The Nephilim creatures from oh, that's a whole from thing. Genesis, yeah. We did it a little bit on aliens, and I'm not educated enough on it, yeah. to go further than that. Yeah, I I have some things, but uh, but yeah, the, now is not the time. That's going to be sure. a whole podcast in and of itself. So yeah. one that I'm not educated yeah. about. So let me let me do one more because my wife sent me several. So let me. I'm going to give you your action step now, so that when we wrap, you know. It's not lost in the shuffle. Yes. Please do go rate us on whatever app yes. you listen to us on. If yes. it's iTunes, it really does help. It really does. If you really go does. give us a good five-star rating, and on any of the platforms, it does help. If you give us a five-star rating, it helps drive traffic to the to the podcast, <laughs> and we appreciate it. We love you guys for doing it, because we only have two accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So here's, here's our last one, unless somebody live actually has one. Did somebody else have a... Have, okay, so no, here I we go. Good. Final question of the night. If you were to be in labor, obviously not because you're a man, <laughs> would you get an epidural or would you go natural? I would get an epidural, and here's why. I do not understand the obsession with... And again, women, more power to you. My wife is a machine. I've watched her labor with two kids and be incredible. It is an absolute amazing thing. But why would you knowingly go into something that is going to cause you severe pain when you have the option of not feeling that severe pain and say, yeah, just go ahead and let me feel all of it? Would you go into a surgery and say, don't sedate me, don't put me under, just cut me open, pull the things, put the things in, and sew me back up? I'm going to be fine. And there's some kind of like rite of passage to it. I don't understand that. Like that is that is beyond any ability for me to grasp with my mind. If I know that I am going to have severe pain for an extended period of time and I have the option of not having it as terribly as I, am, as I could, I'm going to pick that option. And I, I, don't, so I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I don't know what I would do because if it was up to me to have the babies, there would be no babies. Yes. Like that, that is a real thing because I can't get my head around any, any part of, that. of it. Any of it. There's nothing. And I've witnessed it live. Oh, yeah. Twice. I've been a part of all of it, but I played the part that, I, uh, that I'm going to yes. play in the process. Yes. There is no way yeah. ever. Ever. So, and seeing it made me more sure that there's oh, no yeah, way ever. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and so for me, I would not because of how... A doctor described it to me, and that is your spine, where you're doing a spinal tap for the epidural. Yes. He's like, yes, anesthesiologists are very, very good at this. But he's like, what you're essentially doing is taking a big needle and a roll of toilet paper and saying, okay, stick this needle into the toilet paper, but stop one sheet before you hit the cardboard. Yes. That's what you're doing. Yes. And he's like, if you hit the cardboard, you've now hit the spinal fluid, and you have back problems that you cannot get rid of, yeah. and all or kinds of nervous walk. issues, and you might not be able to walk, and all kinds of other things going on. And I'm like, yeah, no, if, if it's like that close, 
If it's like that close to me not being able to move my legs for the rest of my life, yeah. no thank you. Yeah. I'm going to power on through here and see how it goes. Yeah. Like, I, I know they're good. I get it. <laughs> I, I, I trust doctors and nurses, but to a point. Yes, like, I get I that. I trust you, but I get to that. a point. Like, but, again, but again, you're still not me. But I feel like, like you still but I feel out like of that's speaking two to feet. two different situations where this is concerned. That's speaking to... Whether or not, again, like you said, do you trust somebody to do something that's that delicate of a procedure? What I'm talking about is I am not going to intentionally have pain just because it's a rite of passage. Like, I'm not going to just be like, yes, I'm going well, to have this pain. I don't feel like the rite of passage thing is a good enough but, defense. But to me, that's like moms will get together and be like, oh, did you go natural? Oh, you didn't? Like, like there is a, a legitimate, like, judgment that. that comes around with it. And so... I, I don't know. And I'm not saying that it always is giving into that pressure by any means. I think yeah. there are women who's like, I just want to do this. I want to know that my body can do this. My body was made to do this. I want to know that I can do it. I get that to an extent, but I don't at the same time. It just... Yeah. It's outside of my purview. Kathy says that's things we don't understand. Yeah, that is things we don't understand <laughs> all the way. All the way. Uh, and Love nor it. do I wish to. Yeah. I'm good with the perspective I have. So No, seriously, I didn't even look at any part of it because I would be the passy outy kind. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. be passing the heck out in the corner of the room, and it would be a bad You would have been the problem day. in the room. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I've... Helping the pitcher. I'm, I have nothing to do with the catcher. <laughs> I even had it written in there that I do not want to cut the umbilical cord. And yeah. yet the first doctor made me. Made and you I do was it? like, I do not want to. And they're like, we need you to do this. I'm like, I am not going to. And they're like, you're going to. And I'm like, I don't want to. Like, you have a scissors. You're the trained professional. Cut the thing. And they would not. And so I had to cut the thing. And well, I'm there you like, go. And your children survived. I still hate it. I didn't want any part of the process. That's why I pay a professional. I'm going to go sit in the lobby, except my wife would be mad. Oh, yes. So, yes. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap on that. We're, we're well over our typical time, but these are always longer because there's interaction. So it's going to be what it is, but yeah, guys, uh, on Facebook live. And, uh, those of you who are just listening to the podcast after the fact, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.